TGIF Browns fans, it is Friday, October 7th, and this is your Daily Dog Take. I'm your host, Jacob at Richism13, joined again by the co-host of the Chargers Powder Hour podcast, Mr. Colin and Mr. Miles. Guys, how are you doing again today? Doing great, man. I just had my sunny side up eggs and a big cup of coffee. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the assist. I think Miles is back. He's trying to. Oh, oh, oh! Sorry. We didn't. We we didn't activate Miles' audio. Sorry. All right. Now now we got him. Yeah, man. It's a brand new day here. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to get going. I'm gonna go have some biscuits and gravy and get this show on the road. I'm just looking forward to Sunday, though. <laughs> it's funny. I appreciate keeping up the facade, gentlemen. All right. So we we talked about the offense yesterday. We're gonna dive right into the Chargers defense today, guys. If you're on YouTube, uh, please hit that subscribe button. We hit 600 subscribers by the bye week. I will do the Hot Ones Hot Sauce Challenge live here on YouTube and. If you guys have been following us for any period of time, I did do the one chip challenge, which if you haven't seen, it is here on this YouTube channel. Um, I did it in June. Yeah, June. And I was miserable. So you can only imagine exactly how I'm going to be with the hot ones challenge, which apparently they have created a new pepper that's even hotter than anything else. So now I got to deal with that shit. So subscribe <laughs> to the channel, give us a thumbs up. And, and then my misery is your entertainment. So, we talked about the offense. We talked about the unicorn that is Justin Herbert. We talked about all that stuff. So let's talk about the defense. And then I want to talk about uh, the coaching staff overall because we didn't really get to talk uh, about some of that stuff with some technical difficulties and stuff that we had with yesterday's pod and that sort of thing. So starting the defensive line, I, I, I always like to start at the defensive line. So I know I know Joey Bose is out. Um, I'm an Ohio State guy. I know exactly all I need to know about Ohio, you know, about both Bose's. Um, I I also, by the way, think Joey is better than Nick, and I think some people think it's the Thank other you. way. Around. Thank he's, you. He's always been better than Nick. I, I agree. So it, it's a tremendous blow. We know what it's like to have that blow. We just lost Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney last week, and it was awful. Now having Khalil Mack still there, that's a – that's a that's a nice thing to still have in the cupboard. But how do you guys feel overall about uh, the defensive line, both the tackles and the edge, uh, especially now without Bosa? Uh, definitely not not great. I mean, I think th so. This team's had two weeks pretty much since. Well, yeah, two weeks technically since right right two or three weeks, Miles. Two, two weeks. Okay. Uh, and so they've they've managed to do okay. You know they they had four sacks this last week in Houston, uh, with a couple of you know uh, depth players stepping up and, and making some some great plays to to really affect the game. Uh, you know I think there's a lot of question marks really on this defensive line still. You know Austin Johnson's been banged up. He we brought him in to to be one of those big presences in the middle and kind of blow up the run game and and address that you know he he's had an okay start you know i think fans would would really like to see him settle in and, and get to a rhythm another name that fans are, are kind of waiting waiting on for for something to happen is kyle van Noy. you know he's a a veteran you know world series or world series gosh my mind's all baseball right now yeah. uh super bowl champ and uh you know brought him in from new england to be that kind of outside linebacker you know edge 
rusher, and uh, you know he's had a quiet start to the season as well. So there's a few guys that that could continue to step up, and you know I, I think they have enough pieces. Though they're kind of like the offensive line; they're kind of in the same state. I think the defensive line is a little bit better off, whereas you know they have enough talent on that line and enough pieces, even with some some injuries, to to be an effective defensive line. But there's very I mean, the margin for error is, is a lot slimmer than it was with, you know, a, a healthy Joey Bosa. Yeah, you know, us as, us as Chargers fans, just having having Joey back there, we're kind of used to having one elite pass rusher. I mean, Melvin Ingram, when he was in his prime, was obviously kind of another guy on that line. But, you know, now we, we bring in Khalil Mack, who's having a definitely resurgent season, you know, five, five or five and a half sacks, second in the NFL behind Alex Highsmith so far through four games. Uh, really, we we've just seen so many great things from him uh, so far this year. But again, it's to a point now where we don't have anybody step up on that other side. We're both big uh, Chris Bump fans. who was a fourth round pick uh, from last year's draft, um, but we just really haven't seen him step up yet into that role. Uh, again, he mentioned Van Noy. Van Noy is the guy we're also just kind of waiting for him to step up. He's been a good rotational piece, but. You know, with that both injury, we, we need guys like this to really step up more of a more of a uh, time share over there on that on that uh, opposing up, up, uh, excuse me, defensive line. Khalil um, Max. So you know, interiorly, also Sebastian Joseph Days looked pretty decent this year, and then we have a guy Colin. I don't really like to talk about. Uh, he goes by the name of Jerry Tillery. We refer to him by number ninety nine, as he's not a fan favorite whatsoever uh, within our franchise, but. Um, yeah, off, uh, defensive line, you know, it's just going to be about can we get some pressure, you know. Uh, I don't know how Jedrick Wills has looked so far this year. I know that he had a great rookie season. Um, but I know that the Browns do boast a better offensive line than some teams. At least they did last year. I would have to look at the numbers from this year. But it's it's just going to be about, you know, who's going to step up this week. It's, it's kind of going to be like that from a week-to-week basis. And we're just going to kind of go from there. With uh, with regards to Jedrick Wills, it's it's actually funny that you bring it up because I I put something out earlier. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday night, so like I put something out today, and uh, Jed's been fantastic outside of the first game. I mean, uh, he kind of struggled. There were some effort issues and some things that were going on that you weren't sure like what was going on with him. After he kind of struggled a little bit last year with an ankle injury. I thought he had his best game uh, as a run blocker on Sunday against Atlanta. Normally he'd be a guy that grades real well in pass pro and then was kind of middle of the line. He actually was the Browns highest graded uh, run blocker um, on Sunday. And it, that's never happened. The, the, you know, because the, the rest of the offensive line is pretty good. So uh, Jed's mm-hmm. pretty good, but it's those, uh, those quick athletic guys. Uh, when he loses, he loses in the inside. If you can do that little a little spin to the inside, you can get past Jedrick Wills. Like, I mean, it's just that's kind of where he, he struggles. But he's been a little bit better, so that's plus baby steps. We're getting there. Um, <laughs> you, you know, it's a little by the way we get there, right? So uh, like, let's slide back to the linebacker room. Like uh, the Browns linebacker room has took a massive blow when Anthony Walker went down, and they still have JOK out there, but. Uh, uh, Jacob Phillips has been really, really bad. So uh, how do you guys feel about their linebacker room? Because this Browns offensive line, like that's their meat and potatoes, man, is this run game. And it's just a pretty good run game. And uh, it falls on a lot of these linebacking cores because Nick Chubb has 
like something like 30 some forced missed tackles in four games, like some asinine number. Uh, so how do you guys feel about that linebacker room, especially going up against uh, this rushing attack? Yeah. So this is one of the few parts. I mean, with Deshaun Watson missing, this is one of the few parts of this team that just absolutely gives me nightmares thinking about. And like, I'll probably wake up at some point Friday or Saturday night, like in the middle of the night and just like have a cold sweat and, just like have this nightmare of, of Nick Chubb slashing up this defense because that, I mean, we've charger fans have seen him do it to us before. And, uh, you know, our, talk about our linebacking group. It's, it's not great to be honest with you. It's, it's one of the bigger question marks on this entire roster. You know, there's a, a, a guy in drew tranquil and, and Kenneth Murray who, you know, I don't, I mean, charger fans, Kenneth Murray had a really, rough year last year it was his second year he had a pretty good uh pretty good rookie year he came in with herbert they were both first round draft picks big drop off in year two uh injury kind of played into that now he's healthy again and you know he's, he's looking more like his old ways but still has to step up and prove himself so these linebackers and, and the second level of this defense are definitely vulnerable to a guy, to both guys, you know, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who Charger fans are also familiar with from his time in, in Kansas City. So the run game is is what terrifies me about this game. You know, the, the Chargers have, they haven't looked great on, you know, defending the run the last couple of weeks. They've, you know, the numbers are kind of skewed here and there. They don't tell the whole story. But, I mean, overall, it, it hasn't been hasn't been great so yeah i i can see you guys putting up 150 plus on the ground on us no time <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll piggyback off of what colin was just saying yeah nick chubb scares the living shit out of me um especially just from what we've seen in the past and then it's like okay well you know he's got the ball five times in a row now he's coming in oh kareem hunt awesome yeah i'd love to see that but uh yeah, Kenneth Murray's definitely having kind of a season that we kind of wanted from him, you know, more of a resurgence. Again, like Colin said, he was brutal, and all of the fan base can back this up. He was brutal his first two seasons, and again, he, he had some lingering injury issues, and he's looked a lot better this year. And then Drew Tranquil is another guy who I, I'm personally a pretty big fan of Drew Tranquil. He just kind of gets, gets the job done. He has some... Here's some areas where maybe he'll over-pursue to run. Like, we've been, on, we've been on quite a few chunk plays in the run game the last three weeks, and it's been a lot between our linebackers and safeties just kind of over-pursuing the play. So if they can just kind of, you know, stay home and not, you know, bite on any play actions or anything along those lines, then uh, I think that we could be okay. But, again, I've just seen what Nick Chubb can do, and it, it just scares me to my core. So it'll be something – it's definitely the battle – of the weekend, I think, is our run defense that's supposed to be improved from last year up against that two-headed rushing attack with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. It, it, it's what they got to lean on um, last because – and we're going to move to the defensive back here. Uh, A.J. Terrell did a really good job on Amari Cooper had, who had had two really good games. And statistically speaking, it didn't look like the opening game against the Panthers that Cooper played really well because of the stats, but that was more on Jacoby Brissett missing him uh, because he had he had some shots with Amari Cooper in that first game that he just 
He just he couldn't take advantage of. But AJ Terrell did a really nice job on Amari. Now Cooper was open some, and Brissett missed him again. Uh, he didn't target him, but he missed that he was open. So you know, JC Jackson, man, I was. It's he's just one of those guys that just. I, I said this the other day. New England just rolls out corners that you've like never heard of them, but then they like New England makes them famous and they go get paid and ball out with somebody else. And then New England just somehow reloads with dudes you've never heard of. Like I think it's a Jack Jones is his name up there. Now he's like balling out. Like, I don't even know who the hell that is, but it's what happens in New England, you know? And it, so JC Jackson up against Mari Cooper, is he going to travel? Is he going to follow Amari Cooper? Is that what Staley normally has him do? Follow the number one? Because if that's the situation, Brissett is somewhat capable in a schemed open situation. I thought he's played very well, but outside of Amari Cooper, until you get to the Browns tight end room, because David Njoku is playing really well right now. And, and his best game as a pro was against the Chargers last year. And there's not a lot of proven wide receiver talent outside of Amari Cooper. Yeah, uh, that's actually a great question. I, I think I speak for Colin and I both when I say that J.C. Jackson actually has not been our best DB so far this year. Asante Samuel Jr. Um, has really been the second-year guy that's really stepped up, and like he's he's had he's had quite a few games where I'm thinking against number one receivers, you know, giving up like maybe two receptions, ten yards. Other than that Devontae Adams game week one, which was kind of, you know, nobody was necessarily following him. So I'm not going to blame uh, Asante on all of those reps. But Asante's really come into his own this year. He looked good last year, and he's only improved so far this year. And, you know, J.C. Jackson, we missed him first week, and then I believe week three. He has yet to practice a full week of practice. So I think once we get J.C. back and, you know, kind of get him into that practice rhythm, he'll come into his own eventually. But so far, he's been the cornerback, too on this team to start the year. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, Asante Samuel Jr. has had a just insane start to this year. Um, he should have at least three picks, if not more. And um, just passes the eye test in every way and has just been amazing. When it comes to JC Jackson, you know, it, it's, I think my personal opinion is he's going to get better as the season goes on. I don't know what version of him you guys will get on Sunday. You know, he his first game back. So, well, even further back in training camp, you know, he had this uh, non-invasive surgery on his ankle. Um, something that he was born with, some some defect in his in his in his ankle that he got removed. It was a comfort thing, and so you know he's he's coming back from that. He missed week one played the entire Chiefs game, you know, an entire game with pretty much no practice, just a, a couple pregame warm-ups or, you know, a pregame warm-up and a, a, a couple workouts in the week. But, you know, he, he was very sore. No, didn't play in the Jacksonville game. So he, he sat out in the Jacksonville game. He, he's dealing with soreness. And then we saw him again this last week in Houston and didn't look like, you know, the, the J.C. Jackson that we know. Now, he didn't didn't have a terrible game, but – you know, I think yeah, there's fans online that were like, you know, he didn't have two interceptions, so he had a terrible game. Um, <laughs> yeah, not, I mean, you know, they're like, what what happened to JC Jackson? Like, is he is he a bust? I'm like, no, dude, he hasn't practiced. Like, he's gonna be kind of slow and he's gonna have to knock some some rust off. So I think he's gonna get better as the season goes on. 
we'll see him improve. I don't know what that entails for for Sunday. And you know, I think having him out there obviously is 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 a plus, but I don't know, you know, what version of him we get. Yeah, uh, I, I I understand the uh, Twitter can be a fun place, right? If if a guy <laughs> isn't just like an all pro, it'd be like, oh my god, why did you pay him more than a million dollars? He's awful. Right. It's, it, it, there is some Kevin Stefanski can't call plays guys going on again because they lost uh, when their defense couldn't stop slow down the run like at all. But it was Kevin Stefanski's play calling on offense, and it's like. Right now, Jacoby Brissett's a top 10 quarterback. Uh, it's In terms of QBR, he's in the top 10 in sure. Kevin Stefanski's scheme. And, yeah. and so, like, I know exactly what you're talking about, man. It is it's just the, the it's crazy, crazy things. Derwin James is one of my favorite players. Like, I will be straight up honest with you. Like, if I could have a Derwin James, that would probably make my day. Like, there is one of my favorite players back there. Um kind of talk about you know him and the rest of the safety room because he 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 just has this unique ability very similar to what the browns want grant delpit to be as he's kind of growing as a guy that can kind of move all over the place and play um, many wear diff many different hats so kind of talk about derwin james and the rest of the safety room yeah i mean derwin is is i think the only way to describe him is is one of one you know there's there's no other safety like him in the league i, I I think it's kind of a, a knock on him to call him just a safety. Like he is an athlete. Um, you know, he, he plays. Everyone knows. He, everyone knows he plays everywhere, and he does. He's has so many hats on that defense. That yeah, he's just he, he's the heartbeat. You know, that's what Brandon Staley called him uh, over the the off season when we we finally got his long term deal locked up. You know, he's the heartbeat of this defense. Everything goes through him. He's the quarterback of that defense. So. Uh, just a special player, and um, you know, I. It's funny because like I'll, I'll watch the game, you know, with uh, either my girlfriend or you know, my friends or family, whoever I'm watching it with that week, and I just there's there's plays every week where I just turn to whoever is next to me, and I'm like, he's just so much fun to watch. Like, and it's simple things. It's like, you know, there's a, uh, you know, a a, compl a five yard six yard completion, and he just closes so quick, and the way I mean. He's an all-pro tackler, and um, it's just, he just flies in, makes plays. It's a lot of fun to watch. So, you know, if anything, I think, you know, that that could be – if I were a Browns fan, I think I would fear him the most more than anyone on that defense. I, mean, I know Khalil Mack is scary and a couple other guys, J.C. Jackson, um, Asante Samuel, but, I mean, Derwin James would, would give me nightmares as an opposing oh, fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you need to know where he is at all times. Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, for sure. Picking back off of Derwin. I mean, he's just, again, he's a jack of all trades. You know, he, he comes off the line sometimes. He can go and be split out. We've, we've seen him been in like a hybrid linebacker, hybrid, you know, corner. We've seen him do literally everything. I mean, we, we get stats every week about his snap counts and what position there is, and it's – all over the place he's just absolutely insane he's one of those guys and you know we like to call him the tight end eliminator you know when travis kelsey plays against him it's it's pretty rare that he has a great game against derwin james so you know after what njoku did to us last year um i remember that 75 yard touchdown which was actually on nasir adderley different safety that we have who i'm also a pretty big fan of but 
yeah, going forward with Derwin James, you know, if we can just pair him against dudes like Njoku and just eliminate those kind of playmakers, and then, you know, in, in times where, you know, it's an obvious running situation or, you know, the Chubbernauts picking up, you know, seven, eight carries a game, we could, you know, move him around and he'll just be a rotational piece to help stop that stuff. He just, he really does it all. He's he's so hard not to love. He's just, he's an absolute baller. And you just got to, you got to respect that kind of talent when it's on the field. 100%, 100%. All right, let me ask you something. Let me just ask you in general, because I've always kind of found this very interesting. You guys sit at two and two, the Browns sit at two and two. Um, maybe I know the Browns certainly have left some a sour taste in, in some fans' mouths by by some of the way they've played. And there's been some anger at Kevin Stefanski. In general, how do you guys feel about Brandon Staley? Like, is he the guy? Um, are you worried he's not or anything like that? I'm not saying that there's any reason he should be on the hot seat. I just want to know. And I'm not saying he's on there. I just want to know how you guys feel kind of overall about Brandon Staley as a head coach. Yeah, I mean, I, me personally, which I, I'm really interested to see how Miles answers here. But me personally, um, you know, I, I think the best way I can – describe my feelings feelings towards Staley is I'm not like I'm not 100% sold on him just yet as far as you know uh being a you know a guy that's capable of running a you know I don't want to say a potential dynasty but just you know a very competitive organization like I look at coaches kind of you know around the league and I'm like okay like who who can we get that can be the next Mike Tomlin someone's going to be here for 10 15 you know Obviously, the the ideal jackpot would be a guy like Belichick who just yeah. crushes it and is there forever. Um, you know, I love his attitude. He's aggressive, very analytical. But at times, like I, I will admit, he drives me crazy with leaving points on the board. Um, you know, going for it. You know, fourth and two on their eighteen. It's like kick the damn field goal. Take the fucking points, get get your ass back to the sideline, and and come out and 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 live to fight another day. I mean, I don't know. I I like the guy. I, I root for him. I'm definitely not anyone. You know, someone that's calling for his job or or, or calling or questioning him. I do have questions for the offensive coordinator, uh, Joe Lombardi. Which obviously, I mean, you know, Brandon Staley has to have some responsibility for that. He he's the one that hired him and brought him in. So. You know, there, there's things that I love and don't like about him, but if I had to put my my feelings towards him on a scale of one to ten, I would probably be a six point five. Yeah, that's a fair analysis, Colin. I know you're excited to hear what I was gonna say, but I know we we hopped on a podcast after we lost by twenty eight to the Jaguars, and I, I was pretty much like, you know what? Fire everybody, move the team to Siberia. <laughs> like, let's just let's get out of the season. Like, I was so mad but you know i i took a few days to cool off and i realized you know honestly to be quite honest with you i think i was more sold on stately after last year and after this offense after this off season than i have been through the first four weeks you know he brought in players that he's familiar with that are familiar with his game like dudes like Khalil mack and a few others and you know i was i was just so excited going to this year and then all of a sudden we see one of the most aggressive coaches through his first year turned into this really conservative guy so far. You know, there's been a few a few situations in which, you know, we, we probably could use six points on the board and we're in opponent's territory, not necessarily field goal range, but we're in that, you know, 40, 
maybe 40, 45 yard range, fourth and short. And we, we ended up pushing punting and pinning them deep. I was like, this is, I don't know if it's the off season critics that have gotten to him so far, but it just seems like he's not, he's not been nearly as aggressive so far to start this year. He's definitely taken more of a conservative approach and, you know, that all could end up to being, you know, Justin Herbert's a little bit banged up, you know, they don't want to put him in a situation where he's under duress and, you know, he gets hurt for even longer. So there's a lot of question marks around it. Um, I, I'm a call and I would, I would put mine around a six or a seven on Staley so far. Um, you know, this year I think he's he's done some he's done some good things for us. I think a lot of the team has bought into what he has laid out for him, but a lot of it also goes on our offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi. You know, when we needed points, we let those tech we let the Texans come back in a twenty seven to seven affair at halftime last week, make it a three point game because our offense went, you know, three consecutive three and outs and got a total of like eight yards. So something something's gotta give. Um, I'm expecting him to improve over time still this season, but you know, something, something's got to give and it's just something to definitely keep an eye on as Chargers fan. Yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a bit of that with Stefanski and his going for it on fourth down. Um, I am always going to be like, because, uh, you know, I grew up just going for it on every down on Madden. So I'm just like, go for it, damn it. So like, I'm always <laughs> going to you to go for it. So, but yeah, there, uh, that's, that's why I asked who we lost Colin there. Uh, it, or no, we didn't lose Colin. We lost Miles. Sorry about that. But um, I, we were, we're. Uh, there's always going to be some of that. I think parallels between the two of them. And, and we got him back here. He's down there. All right. So there, you know, it's always interesting because there's. I, I love seeing parallels in organizations. We saw some parallels with uh, the Atlanta Falcons and Arthur Smith being very similar in his offensive schemes as Kevin Stefanski. Um, and, um, that sort of thing. Okay. All right. Do you want that one here? Yeah. All right. Okay. So there we go. All right. Sorry about that. Okay. So I like to wrap these guys, these things up with the same. So give me a prediction. If you got a score prediction, give it to me. If you just got a winner prediction, give it to me. So overall, what goes down on Sunday? Yeah, I'll I'll kick this one off. Uh, I think I think this is a very winnable game for the Chargers when you look at it on paper. Both teams are dealing with some injuries. Uh, I still think you know the Chargers have the edge in the, in the talent uh, department. So I'm expecting a Chargers victory, and I, I I see a common theme forming in in a couple of these early games in the season, and that is the Chargers are having a very tough time scoring and moving the ball in the second half, which really opens the door for teams to come back on them. It's the chiefs came back on them. The Raiders almost did the Texans almost did. Um, obviously they got blown out by the Jags. So, you know, they, they need to play a complete game, but I, I think the Browns, you know, hang around and they make this a game and, and they, they make it a ball game in the fourth. So Jacob, if they're down a lot by halftime, don't stress because if any team can can allow another team to come back in this game and make it interesting, it's it's the Chargers. So I do have them winning um, twenty eight to twenty four. I think think the Chargers cover. Uh, I think I saw they were two and a half three point two and a half, uh, yeah. favorites. So I do think they cover, but I do think uh, the Browns keep it interesting and uh, hopefully Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt don't run for ten thousand yards. 
don't worry, we can't score in the fourth quarter. Miles? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, just, just you saying that made me feel so much better. But um, so if either team scores in the fourth quarter, you know, maybe they should just end this one after the third and we'll go from there. But, um, yeah, I, I think I think that the – I personally think that the Browns will still have a, probably a monster game on the ground. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be our leader, Justin Herbert, that gets the job done. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers get out to a pretty decent lead in the first half, Browns come back, and then – Again, our, our saving grace comes through and gets it done again. I'm going to go Chargers 31, Browns 27. Um, but, again, I wouldn't be surprised if Chubb and Hunt combined for 4 million yards on us on the ground. But that'll just be something to keep an eye on Sunday. I definitely think that's the matchup to be looking at is how our run defense goes against those two juggernauts. So it'll be interesting. All right, guys, before we get you off here, I really, really appreciate you guys jumping on here with me for these couple of podcasts. I've enjoyed talking to people from all over the place, talking about all – I just love talking football, man, so I'm always down to do it. Um, but before I get, let you guys off here, please let everybody know where they can find all your stuff. Yeah, uh, you guys can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PowderHourPodLA. Um, you know, have all the latest news updates about the podcast, about the Chargers. Uh, you know, our, our podcast is, is centered around drinking and having a good time. So, um, you know, if you like those vibes, come check us out and, um, yeah, that's, that's really all I have. So bolt up. Yeah, we have a, it's actually funny that as we're recording this right now on Wednesday night, we have a, a podcast on our, our, on our network, uh, that is live, uh, Wednesdays at 10 called the dog chug, um, Nice. Right now, this week it's called the guard chug because uh, temporarily it's uh, it's for the, the guardians, guardians. Uh, and they just chug beers and by the end of it they are drunk and it is uh, it is a good time. So we are fans of this show are familiar with that type of podcast and they are very happy with that type of podcast. Good stuff. So yeah, consider that the Chargers version of there we of, go the uh, dog chug. Yeah, brown I like chug. It. What was, what was brown chug? Dog was chug. Dog chug. All right, dog, dog chug. chug. But for now, yeah. it's guard chug, so it's whatever. Right. <laughs> so we appreciate you guys. Um, I will talk to you guys all tomorrow, Saturday. We'll be back with week five NFL picks. I'm not going to tell you how I did last week because it was really shitty. So, uh, you know, we'll see you guys again tomorrow. Uh, give me the thumbs up, like, like, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. Tell me I'm an idiot. I know it. it my wife tells me every day. So we'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. And as always, go Browns. <laughs>